from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. This is a special preview program designed to set the stage for a series of episodes that will focus on the U.S.-Russia enigma, but more specifically, the life and death struggle that many are going through behind the scenes as an epic battle between the U.S. and Russia plays out. Coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. In today's battle space, situations change rapidly. That's why Northrop Grumman's innovative C-4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. For three years and seven months, Target USA has been following the U.S. intelligence community's quest to defend the nation against a quiet, pernicious threat that many simply did not see, the Russian government. And in March of 2016, the U.S. intelligence community was fixated on terrorism, The Kremlin knew it and used the opportunity to put the finishing touches on an operation that would turn the nation upside down. We're still upside down. This is a special preview program designed to set the stage for a series of episodes that will be the culmination of more than a year and a half of research and preparation. The series will focus on the U.S.-Russia enigma and the life-and-death struggle underway in the shadows. A number of outspoken voices have faced that struggle. Some have won, and some have lost their struggle. But each day, the struggle grows more and more critical. We start off with a look back at a prescient warning from Episode 1. March 2016 Almost every morning here in Washington, The Director of National Intelligence goes to the White House to brief the President about the threats and the challenges the U.S. is facing. It's called the President's Daily Briefing, and Clapper gave us a look at his office at how he gets prepared to do that. Get up at, you know, 5, 5.30 and start right away reading the news clips and that sort of thing, get in the car. Protective detail brings me in and I start reading the uh, iPad that we have for President's Daily Brief. And Clapper, who's been gathering intelligence for more than a half century, says what he's seeing now is not good. In the 50-plus years, I don't know the time when we've been beset by a more diverse array of challenges and crises uh, around the world. 
sometimes it almost makes you long for the halcyon days of the Cold War and uh, a single all-consuming adversary, the Soviet Union, which we came to understand pretty well and which was fairly predictable. And all other threats were subsumed in that one major threat. Now it's very, very diverse, very fragmented, and you have this array of nation-state challenges in the form of Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and non-nation-state entities, uh, you know, the whole range of uh, terrorist groups, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, etc. Uh, ISIS is uh, unique in that it has uh, taken on the accoutrements or characteristics or traits of a nation-state, but it really isn't a nation-state. There are upsides, and depending on your point of view, upsides and downsides to that, but what that does give us, I believe, are um, vulnerabilities that uh, we can exploit. And while the U.S. has been looking for vulnerabilities to exploit, so are its adversaries. And in some cases, the U.S. has unwillingly and unwittingly helped them out. It was May of 2013. My name's Ed Snowden. I'm uh, 29 years old. I work for Booz Allen Hamilton as an infrastructure analyst for NSA. He turned the U.S. intelligence community upside down when he leaked thousands of classified documents to the press. It unleashed a firestorm of criticism against the U.S. government for overreach. Since then, the U.S. has sought to be more open about its intelligence practices. Which is good from the standpoint of, within our own country, promoting transparency. And we've done a lot to be more transparent, to explain to the American people and their elected representatives what we do, why we do it, and most importantly, how it is oversighted. But that is a double-edged sword. The downside, of course, is when we expose what we do, well, others capitalize on it. And that's what's happened to us, particularly in the last two or three years. One U.S. intelligence source says the leaks have created a virtual university. Every U.S. adversary anywhere has studied those leaks. But perhaps no adversary more than Russia. Because after all, that's where Edward Snowden ended up. And Clapper warned, while we were focused on ISIS, perhaps we should have been looking at something bigger. ISIL is not a mortal enemy of the United States. It can't inflict mortal damage to the United States. Russia can. Clapper is clear. He has no reason to believe Russia is planning something. But... Russia has embarked on a very uh, impressive campaign to modernize uh, their military in, in all its dimensions. That, that, that is a, a bother. That's a worry. And that's uh, something we need to be um, concerned with. And there are legitimate reasons for that concern. Russia has huge capabilities, which if they chose to unleash, could render huge harm to this country and kill a lot of Americans. Here's something else to consider. In addition to the fact that Russia has more than 1,500 active nuclear warheads, U.S. intelligence sources have noticed a significant increase in the number of Russian spies on U.S. soil, some in non-traditional places. The same is true of some other countries. So there is a buildup underway, especially here in Washington. But it's not clear what they're up to. And that's what bothers Clapper most. The unknown unknown, what we don't know anything about. But what is clear is the U.S. is the target. It was here, on Capitol Hill, inside a crowded hearing room, that Clapper told the Senate Armed Services Committee Russia's beginning to act a lot like the old USSR. The Russians fundamentally are paranoid about, uh, about NATO. 
they're greatly concerned about uh, being contained and, uh, of course, very, very concerned about uh, missile defense, which would serve to neuter what is their, the essence of their claim to great power status, which is their, their nuclear arsenal. And that paranoia that Clapper referred to appears to be the underpinning of Russian President Vladimir Putin's increasingly confrontational posture with the U.S. It was highlighted in a speech in March of 2014, where he said the collapse of the Soviet Union was the greatest geopolitical tragedy of the 20th century. And Clapper essentially told the Congress the handwriting for him appears to be on the wall. A lot of these aggressive things that uh, the Russians are doing for a number of reasons, uh, great power status uh, to create the image of being co-equal with the United States, etc., uh, I think could probably could possibly go on and we could be into another uh, Cold War-like spiral here. One of the hallmarks of the Cold War was puppet governments set up by the Soviet Union. That doesn't appear to be the case this time. At least, not yet. But there is evidence they may be headed in that direction. Out of the growing crisis in Ukraine, Russia sent more troops, tanks, and military vehicles into eastern Ukraine today to support pro-Russian So what rebels. is Russia up to and what should the U.S. expect from it? Retired General Mike Flynn. That's right. The same Mike Flynn, the now former National Security Advisor, who's facing prison time after pleading guilty, ironically because of the special counsel's probe into Russian interference. He said to us in 2015, before any of this came up on the radar, Russia was of significant interest. If you look even at the 2008 time frame on the attack into Abkhazia and Ossetia in the state of Georgia, you know, those, those Russian forces are still there in those two places, even though there was a discussion afterwards to, to pull out, to, to ask them to pull out. They're still there. So we shouldn't expect Russia to pull out of where they're at right now in the Ukraine. And not only is Russia making waves out in the open, but it's very active, undercover. Randy Coleman, Assistant Director of Counterintelligence at the FBI. We talk about, uh, amongst the U.S. intelligence community, it's asymmetric threat, right? It's not your typical uh, intelligence officers that are, that are here under diplomatic cover, you know, the normal, what somebody thinks of as a spy. What we're seeing is researchers uh, and business uh, men and women, students that are coming to the United States that are actually collecting information and taking it back overseas with them. What we're doing on this program is setting the table for a special series of podcasts that will illuminate one of the most threatening elements of the U.S.-Russia relationship, what the Kremlin is willing to do to get revenge for losing the Cold War and its agents. That's when we come back on Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman's innovative C-4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability, enabling faster, more assured decisions. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. This is a special preview program 
designed to set the stage for a series of episodes that will focus on the U.S.-Russia enigma and the life and death struggle underway in the shadows. A little more than a year ago, we presented the results of a year-long look at how Russia managed to infiltrate the U.S. political system and, according to the U.S. intelligence community, interfere with the 2016 presidential election. It was the first public victory the Kremlin had been able to claim in 70 years of trying to subvert U.S. democracy with its disinformation and active measures campaigns. And we learned some key information about where the Kremlin was headed. Episode 83, September 2017. At about 8.30 a.m. on September 11, 2014, the Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness in St. Mary Parish, Louisiana, began getting phone calls from concerned citizens about a disturbing message they'd received. Well, we started getting phone calls in regards to a message that came out. It says, toxic fumes hazard warning in this area, and it gives the time, 1.30 p.m. Duval Arthur Jr. is director of the Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, and he was on duty at the time and recalls the message that came in. Take shelter, check local media, and, and then it has the name of a company, Columbia Chemical Company Alert, C-O-L-U-M-B-I-A chemical.com. That's the, the name that was on the alert. Where did you get the message? Where did that alert come from? Oh, it didn't come to us, but we we started getting it from residents that live in the uh, an area of the parish that's not too far away from the plant. So they saw and they saw this online or on their phones or on their phones. These were text messages, and uh, it was sent from a telephone number, which I'll give you six four six five eight six five nine. That was the telephone number of the text. And it went out to several people. We had phone calls from people while we were making phone calls, so we really didn't get a chance to get everybody's name. We do have the name of a couple people that mm-hmm. that we were able to get the screenshots from, mm-hmm. and they called in complaints. What did they say? Just said that what should they do? Is this legitimate? By that time, the internet was blowing up with details about the alert. On Twitter, a screenshot was circulated of the New Orleans Times Picayune website, which depicted an article about the explosion. At one point, an image of CNN's website turned up on Twitter with a photograph of the explosion. A Wikipedia user created a page describing the explosion. A public Facebook page titled Louisiana News posted an article describing the event. Even a video appeared on YouTube that appeared to be news footage of ISIS claiming responsibility for the attack. All of this was taking place while near panic started to set in in St. Mary Parish and all up and down the east coast of the U.S. And while it was happening, Duval Arthur got on the phone. And he called Columbia Chemicals to ask what was going on, and they sent him a statement. September 11, 2014, 
It says, we have been informed by the community that a text message has been received by several individuals indicating a release of toxic gas from the Birla, it's B-I-R-L-A, Birla Carbons Colombian Chemicals, and it's Colombian instead of Columbia, okay? Mm-hmm. Columbia, Colombian Chemicals Plant near Centerville, Louisiana. The content, as stated by the text, is not true. There has been no release of such toxic gas, explosion, or any other incident at our facility. We are not aware of the origin of this text message. Law enforcement authorities have been contacted and are following up on this matter. And that is when the real panic began to set in. The realization that all of it had been a hoax of epic proportions. The spoofed websites, the faked screenshots of CNN and other newspapers and broadcasters, even the video showing a man watching TV, all of it was elaborately staged and executed. Then, the question was, who did it? We asked Duval Arthur that question. So, when did you find out what was behind the hoax? Who was behind the hoax? Well, I've never found out who was behind it. I was told that it was the Russians, but I have no I, I have no information on that, none whatsoever. Did, did you see the story that Adrian Chen wrote in the New York Times where you were quoted? I, I, I heard about it. I, uh, I never saw it. But I assure you that I don't know that the Russians or anybody else did this, okay? okay. I, I couldn't tell you. We spoke to the FBI in Louisiana about it as well. We were told they'd get back to us. So far, we haven't heard anything yet. As we dug further into the story, we learned that wasn't the only Russian attempt to manipulate the news in the U.S. In late 2014 and throughout 2015, we watched active measures on nearly any disaffected U.S. audience, whether it be claims of the U.S. military declaring martial law during the Jade Helm exercise, chaos amongst Black Lives Matters protests, or a standoff at the Bundy, Bundy Ranch, Russia's state-sponsored outlets of RT and Sputnik News characterized as white outlets churned out manipulated truths, false news stories, and conspiracies. Clint Watts, a former FBI special agent, currently a fellow at the Center for Cyber and Homeland Security at the George Washington University. He told the Senate Intelligence Committee on March 30th, 2017, Russia was very much involved in manipulating the news for their own special purposes, and he talked specifically about how they did it. They generally lined up under four themes. One, political messages designed to tarnish democratic leaders and institutions. Two, financial propaganda created to weaken confidence in financial markets and capitalist economies. Three, social unrest crafted to amplify divisions amongst democratic populaces. And four, global calamity pushed to incite fear of global demise such as nuclear war or catastrophic climate change. So what's at play here is a very sophisticated, coordinated operation to attack the U.S. from inside out in plain sight, without us knowing what was happening. Watts told the Senate how it unfolded from his vantage point. From these overt Russian propaganda outlets, a wide range of English-speaking conspiratorial websites, which we refer to as gray outlets, some of which mysteriously operate from Eastern Europe and are curiously led by pro-Russian editors of unknown financing, sensationalize these conspiracies and fake news published by white outlets. 
American-looking social media accounts, the hecklers, honeypots, and hackers I described earlier, working alongside automated bots, further amplify this Russian propaganda amongst unwitting Westerners. And earlier in 2018, we learned it wasn't just an attack from internet trolls and social media hecklers that the U.S. was facing, nor its allies. But there was a physical operation underway designed to send a message to anyone working against the will of the Kremlin. On March 4, 2018, Sergei Skripal, a former military officer and double agent for the UK's intelligence service, and his daughter Yulia Skripal were poisoned in Salisbury, England. A few days later, Prime Minister Theresa May addressed Parliament. It is now clear that Mr. Skripal and his daughter were poisoned with a military-grade nerve agent of a type developed by Russia. This is part of a group of nerve agents known as Novichok. Based on the positive identification of this chemical agent by world-leading experts at the Defence Science and Technology Laboratory at Porton Down, our knowledge that Russia has previously produced this agent and would still be capable of doing so, Russia's record of conducting state-sponsored assassinations, and our assessment that Russia views some defectors as legitimate targets for assassinations, the government has concluded that it is highly likely that Russia was responsible for the act against Sergei and Yulia Skripal. Mr Speaker, there are therefore only two plausible explanations for what happened in Salisbury uh, on the 4th of March. Either this was a direct act by the Russian state against our country, or the Russian government lost control of its potentially catastrophically damaging nerve agent and allowed it to get into the hands of others. This afternoon, my right honourable friend, the Foreign Secretary, has summoned the Russian ambassador to the Foreign and Commonwealth Office and asked him, asked him to explain which of these two possibilities it is, and therefore to account for how this Russian-produced nerve agent could have been deployed in Salisbury against Mr Skripal and his daughter. My right honourable friend has stated to the ambassador that the Russian Federation must immediately provide full and complete disclosure of the Novichok programme to the Organisation for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, and he has requested the Russian government's response by the end of tomorrow. Mr Speaker, this action has happened against a backdrop of a well-established pattern of Russian state aggression. Russia's illegal annexation of Crimea was the first time since the Second World War that one sovereign nation has forcibly taken territory from another in Europe. Russia has fomented conflict in the Donbass, repeatedly violated the national airspace of several European countries, and mounted a sustained campaign of cyber espionage and disruption. This has included meddling in elections and hacking the Danish Ministry of Defence and the Bundestag, among many others. During his recent State of the Union address, President Putin showed video graphics of missile launches, flight trajectories and explosions, including the modelling of attacks on the United States with a series of warheads impacting in Florida. While the extrajudicial killing of terrorists and dissidents outside Russia were given legal sanction by the Russian Parliament in 2006. And of course, Russia used radiological substances in its barbaric assault on Mr Litvinenko. We saw promises to assist the investigation then, but they resulted in denial and obfuscation and the stifling of due process and the rule of law. 
Mr Speaker, following Mr Litvinenko's death, we expelled Russian diplomats, suspended security cooperation, broke off bilateral plans on visas, froze the assets of the suspects and put them on international extradition lists, and these measures remain in place. Furthermore, our commitment to collective defence and security through NATO remains as strong as ever in the face of Russian behaviour. Indeed, our armed forces have a leading role in NATO's enhanced forward presence, with British troops leading a multinational battle group in Estonia. We have led the way in securing tough sanctions against the Russian economy, and we have at all stages worked closely with our allies, and we will continue to do so. Since then, numerous investigations into the suspicious deaths of Russians and others have been opened. Some that were long dormant are getting a second look. A part of the reason is something that Clint Watts told the Senate Intelligence Committee during its probe of Russian interference on March 30th, 2017. There's been more dead Russians in the past three months that are tied to this investigation who have assets and banks all over the world. Uh, they are dropping dead even in Western countries. Uh, we've seen arrests in, I believe it's Spain and uh, different computer security companies that are based in Russia, which provide services to the United States. These are all huge openings to understand how they are funded by the Russian government. And that's where we begin our special series of podcasts, a look into the trail of dead Russians and others at the hands of the Kremlin. Join us for our series coming up with our next episode. I want to take a moment to say a special thank you. Over the years, we've accumulated a lot of listeners, a lot of followers. To each of you, I'm deeply grateful. If you have any questions, comments, or thoughts, email me at jgreen at wtop.com. That's jgreen at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. And follow us on Twitter at TUSA Podcast. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. In today's battle space, situations change rapidly. That's why Northrop Grumman's innovative C-4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.